Hello and welcome to another episode of Need to Read. I am super excited to bring you this one. I haven't had this much fun recording a podcast for a while. I had two hours in the studio with Jenny Keen to talk about all things to do with sex and meditation and yoga and astrology and orgasms and all kind of other words that make me go bright red and feel really, really uncomfortable. So it's great for me to grow and talk about these things. It's even better for you guys to listen because it's going to open your mind up to different things as well. But a bit of housekeeping before I send us straight into the podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do give us a review. This podcast is two hours long. You've got plenty of time to go and spend two minutes writing me a nice review or just dropping five stars in there. I really, really appreciate it. You legends. Second thing, the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening for a while, you'll have heard me bang on about therapy so much. It's changed my life. People say that quite lightly nowadays, but this really has. Having someone impartial to talk about your problems or just your life to is so, so helpful. That's why BetterHelp, the sponsor, I'm super proud to have them. You get 10% off as a need to read listener if you head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. And that's 10% off your first month. That 10% translates to roughly about £20 because usually it'll be about £50 per week. That might sound expensive for some of you, and that'll probably be because you don't see the value in going for therapy. However, there'll be some of you who are on the fence and think, oh, do I want to make that investment? For you guys, I obviously can't tell you what to do, but it's a good idea. If you're ready to go for it, the link is in the description. If you sign up and you get to a therapist and you start chatting to them and you don't actually like them, you can change them for free. Also, they've helped millions of other people around the world and you can have a look at their testimonials. So it costs you nothing to go to the website and to have a look around and to fill out the form. It'll only cost you if you sign up. So if you're ready to go to therapy and if you're ready to make that change and take charge of your mental health, then you know where to go. If you're not, who cares? Let's get on with the podcast. This is probably one of the ones I've loved recording the most in the last month. So let's introduce you to Jenny Keane. Sex specialist. <laughs> yeah, whatever you... I'm happy for you to call me whatever you want. Yoga, tan, tantric... Yeah, tantra yoga, yoga teacher. Tantra yoga teacher. Yeah. And what else? What else goes on the list? Um, Holistic sex educator. Um, which is kind of like, for me, that's like, I'm a somatic sex... Um, oh God, I, you can't really say therapist because I'm not a practicing therapist, but... Uh, somatic sex um, practitioner and teacher and uh, sex expert maybe it's so funny to say that isn't it it's like am I an sex I feel like you're never an expert at anything because it's you it's like as soon as you know something you know that you know nothing you know and then you keep learning and then you're like god there's still more to learn um and yeah i teach uh essentially what i do is like i teach anatomy and physiology right when it comes to sex education um uh but i i probably the most important part is that i also give people an embodied experience of their sexuality so it's not just like you know talking about it it's really like what does that look like when it's in you when you're living it you know Mm. and when you're expressing your sexuality and your sensuality through you you know so that's the idea of like being what i call uh like sexual empowerment right and sexual embodiment um and uh and then as 
like a, a more of a love right i also um I love astrology and talk about that a lot as well so okay. <laughs> but the list could go on <laughs> all right well i'll say it now so well welcome to a need to read but the, my main question there is the the first thing you said is somatic somatic sex what does that mean yeah this is so it's actually it's, it's very similar to what i just described in terms of embodiment so somatic uh, is all about um, working with the physiology and um, uh, the structure of the nervous system and it's really about repatterning and rewiring so like neuroplasticity is involved uh, trauma therapy is involved and it's all about um, essentially uh, restructuring you know and you do it through movement so you know like people go to ther- like to talk therapy right yeah and love they're therapy what? i love it oh it's incredible you know but it's working very much on the on the level of the mind right mm. um so any kind of somatic work and like there's there's a, this is has really exploded like people like uh, uh dr peter levin and how do you know him the body keeps the score you should read that book it's I've, incredible i've been recommended that by someone i can't remember who yeah yeah you definitely read that book yeah. it's incredible it talks all about like you know how, how the body holds on like that the body has a memory right mm. um and that you know we have a memory in our mind but the body stores a memory as well and so this is really about starting to restructure and repattern and rewire habits um but from a body level so you can do this kind of somatic work uh, individually in whatever area like if you have an addiction if you have it's not just for sex right if yeah. you have an addiction if you have a, just a habit or a pattern that you want to break um, like smoking or something like this you know if you um, are struggling in terms of your relationship you can actually do somatic uh, somatic uh, work within those areas and so it's essentially um, repatterning through through movement through the body but very it's it's very much like scientific like it's based on science and it's a lot of new science as well so things like the polyvagal theory um by dr stephen porges and he's <clears throat> this is all about this is very new information that's filtering into the public and somatic therapy is really a way and somatic movement is a, is really a way to integrate that into your life and then as i said like live it out yeah, yeah. that's fascinating so how the fuck did you get into it <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so funny right because whenever anyone asks me this question it's kind of like which like thread of the story do you want me to tell because i feel like in any kind of in any moment right in your life you're living almost like on five different levels at one mm. time but for me they were all coinciding in very different ways so um i i was i i was interested in this i suppose because from um like from first of all like from my teenage years i was always super curious and i had a very open uh setting in terms of my my parents were very open in terms of discussing sex mm. in and around my household i was not interested in getting involved in the conversation i was like the kid to put your fingers in your ears yeah. you know and i was like stop it stop talking about this it's gross yeah like you're you so don't sick. have sex unless it's for reproduction <laughs> <laughs> exactly and like my pair like like i was always like this my i was identical twin sister she was always really involved in the conversation it was like they all got a huge enjoyment out of how embarrassed i became from it however like i was really like i was secretly interested right and uh my my mum and dad were just like really incredible like in terms of like their you know like progressive right in terms of how they were Mm. like teaching us and raising us 
and um my mum basically bought me uh books about sex and told me to read them and i mean i was still defiant at that moment in time so i was like reading a book on um on anatomy and physiology for teens like in when i was 13 and so i I was super curious like and then i became uh really interested in my friends experiences and i was open to talking to them about it um and i found like a huge kind of funny thing where you know people would not speak to me like in open but then they'd come to me in private right so it was all these private conversations that we were having and and i realized that people were really interested even if they even if i was expressing something and they were all rolling their eyes to heaven or being like shut up jenny like they were all actually really interested so i would continue to teach like to kind of share the information that i was learning and so then when i was um in my uh, early 20s I started with yoga and this was because I had um, I I was under severe stress in work at that time and I was also kind of having uh, stress induced insomnia and it was just this was like self kind of like inflicted almost but I felt like I felt like there wasn't enough hours in the day for me to get everything done and so I felt like if I could stay awake and do some of the work today then I'd be ahead of tomorrow and like that never happened you know and instead of working until midnight i could work until 10 p.m so it was really quite um horrific and so i started yoga um to to help with this and i did yoga in the morning in the evening as like a buffer to my day so in the morning i did it to wake up in the evening i did it to go and like rest and go sleep and i became really quite addicted to it like so it wasn't in a healthy kind of i'm going to yoga because it's cool it was like i need to go to yoga if i don't go to yoga i won't sleep i won't be able to manage my stress levels and it was this it was a it was an unhealthy uh, competitive kind of nature to the way that I was practicing yeah and then in the in the midst of all this like I was traveling so I started traveling in like 2011 and um, I quit my permanent job and uh, and when you start traveling you start opening your eyes to a whole host of things I started traveling in New Zealand and then in California and the yoga scene in California was so progressive in comparison to what I had experienced up at that point yeah. um, and I got to meet you know like basically like the top teachers that are kind of like world renowned not Bikram no not him okay, no. Well, but I was practicing so much Bikram <laughs> that was actually what I started with Bikram yoga and I loved it um, but I never got to meet him but uh, like teachers like Shiva Ray and uh, Sean Korn and uh, T.S. Little um, uh, Chelsea Course like there's there was just these kind of like there was a group of really progressive teachers uh, at that moment in time in California and they were you know doing the festival seat and I was a ski instructor in Squaw Valley and this is where one of the festival yoga festivals were so I was there you know yeah. uh, in the kind of middle of it and you're op- you get you just get your eyes open to all these things like I had my first kind of like women's circle there and uh, and I was a little bit kind of like what is this you know like I was yeah. super crazy like, I was like oh too much for me but um but eventually I kept going and then I started continue to travel and uh and in in conjunction with coming off the pill and having really severe issues with my menstruation and simultaneously realizing that the men that I had been attracted to while I was on the pill were suddenly completely different when I was off the pill oh yeah and then also realizing like I mean I had like this is, these are all stories that go inside right at the same time I also had uh, in an effort to try and like help um, work with my menstruation and work with my menstrual cycle in a natural way I started using moon cups 
one time like let's say like nine months later or so i um i used a tampon while i was traveling on the air on an airplane totally forgot about it and like was wondering why for two months i had no period and realized uh like two months later two and a half months later that that tampon was still there and when it came out yeah like it's so insane like i don't know how tampons work but surely that's not good it's not good like you can they say you can go into like toxic shock right toxic shock syndrome is a, is a thing of this but like it was so funny because i was thinking like oh i'm doing all these kind of crazy you know yoga purifications and, I, and this and it has a sometimes your menstruation has a tendency to lighten or completely stop altogether when you're doing when you're working with energy in a really strong way right so mm. i was kind of thinking oh this is why but then yeah, i finished that I'm enlightened like, and i don't yeah. have periods anymore really yeah, you just yeah. got a, i've got a full, full up there full con, uh, not condom tampon <laughs> yeah, stuck yeah, exactly it's completely stuck and so it was just so like two, yeah two months two and a half months later i you know i was uh going for a walk up the mountain actually and i started to stink like ed like to the point where i was literally like to my friends like stay away from me you know because i was like smelling so bad i was like what is happening and then i'm thinking oh this must be some kind of a detoxification or a purification and when i came down the mountain we were at this um kind of outdoor food market and i never ever use these toilets like i'm like a real toilet snob right okay. i have to go to the nice toilets and so but i really need to go to the toilets so i was like okay have to go so i went went there it's like a hole in the floor and I felt something moving in me and I was literally just like <gasps> and I'm thinking it's a creature you know like oh and I was God. like ah and I like literally like shoved my hand up my vagina and uh and felt this like slimy thing and I was like what the hell and you know just you're just in shock then I took it out and I was like holy I was like what the hell and then I was in a panic thinking that I was after like I'm you know killing my like killing my vagina yeah, or whatever yeah. but what came from this was I was like oh my god like I can't believe that this was inside of me and that I didn't know like that I'm like what does that mean like when like for me my mind was in like if I can't feel that like does that mean that I can actually feel when someone is penetrating me when I'm penetrating myself I imagine you weren't having sex whilst this was in you no 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 No. that whole time I was I was uh I was in in a train in a training and there was no room for that but um yeah no and it was just like for me it was for me it was just like uh, like it was just a thing of like can I actually feel when someone was penetrating me like how how could I not know that that was there like how could Mm. I not feel it you know so it made it kind of um made me open me open my mind up to the idea that like maybe maybe i'm experiencing numbness and or if not even if it's not numbness right maybe there is a potential to feel more than what i'm feeling right now and Mm. so i was already into yoga i was already kind of uh working trying uh working holistically with my menstruation and um and so i kind of very naturally found this uh this kind of tantric path let's say um but for me the the path in terms of the tantric path and if anyone knows it or has been on it like for me it wasn't enough right because for me it was like all about the energetics all about this kind of like spirituality and i'm super like i'm super into the the magic of the world like i believe yeah. it like i'm i'm a child who never grew up like i believe yeah. that magic is real i'm with you yeah i'm like i'm i have this, i have a belief that like i can like i could make myself invisible like it's like yeah. <clears throat> just by like you know i believe these things and so I'm fully subscribed to the magic and I'm fully subscribed to the energetic and fully subscribed to the spiritual. But at the same time, I'm very much the, like the type of person that believes that magic and science, there is a bridge between them and I want to know what that bridge looks like. So um, I, I also at the same time started to go down the path of 
uh, uh, going into the science, like science of sex, and like when I, I and I'm I'm a very curious person. Like I'm always asking questions, and it's like you know when kids are like, why is the sky blue? And then it's like you find yeah. out why the sky is blue. For me, it's like, um, what is arousal? Like what is that? You know, yeah. how do you describe that? physically like what's happening physiologically what's happening in the brain like what's happening energetically you know so i want to know like the full picture and so i started to um at this moment in time when i was on my journey there wasn't like the kind of resources that are available now online yeah like people weren't talking about it so it was much harder to find but what i did find i was very very lucky in terms of the mentors that i had like i would read um read a a, a research paper or read um a book and then someone would mention something like i'm, I'm always reading the citations in the books right because okay. i want to know where they got their information yeah, yeah. from and then i would kind of trace back a trail and i would just email everybody and say hey i read this and i'd love to know more i would you mentor me and basically started yeah. to they I mean, they were like some of them were writing back going like sorry who are you and i'm like i i teach yoga <laughs> like it's like there was this person. i love that though like that that is and now i'm gonna talk about reading very quickly but like, that's the kind of curiosity like reading can promote in you like you're yeah. you're curious anyway and, and the why questions why is the best question you can ever ask because mm. it leads on to so much else but when you start reading and then you go down the kind of rabbit holes that people usually go down on the internet where they're like right next youtube video next youtube video next youtube video whereas you've just done that in the the book form so you like you read it and you're like right where did that come from okay and when where did that come from where did that come from and how healthy is that mm. that's brilliant it's well i think you know there's a, a beautiful thing about um i think reading books uh because you know as you said like going down the internet rabbit hole there's this is an age of information but also the age of misinformation mm. i see it myself like in terms of you know the the kind of like sex educators online like anyone can call themselves a sex educator and just start talking but uh and, and some of the stuff that i read i'm just like oh that's not correct you it's, know <laughs> it's so true i i can count so many like there'll be a group of like four females who will start a podcast like we talk about everything we talk about sex and it's like well look we don't want to hear about how you've shagged 10 people two times and you've had sex 20 times in your life and you're going to try and say that you know what you're doing and i don't think it's about obviously like the amount of time but these people just claim to be like they're like armchair armchair experts but, but, but they're not because they're not curious but about the, there's, it to look into. so there's a difference right so I would argue that that is also necessary right to have mm. like the you call them armchair experts I would say like they're speaking from experience right yeah. so they're sharing experience and what that does is especially around topics like sex right um, it, op it, it, it opens people who might necessarily never have heard someone speak about sex or their friends speak about okay, sex right yeah, yeah. that it opens them might be like oh actually there are people out there who do talk about this openly right yeah so it opens them up to that there it's it's about the person who's receiving the information i don't ever believe that it's up to the person giving the information to uh to to manage people's um like expectations the information they're receiving it's in, in the quality of it i yeah. believe that's up to the receiver like they okay. it's they're responsible for the information they're choosing to believe and take yeah. in so even filter. yeah so for me even like 
I like and curiosity is like one of my favorite words like with regards to this right because yeah. even for me like when I read a book and they're saying this is a scientist or this is a psychologist talking about this I'm always like right they're psychologists they're scientists they've received a certain education through which they've learned how to research and all mm. of those avenues are really different on top of that now they also have their own personal opinion and personal experience mm. that they also write through and there's a lens of that and then it's like it's it's about then stepping for me it's always stepping into um stepping into it from my side and being like right what information am I reading here am I repelled by it or am I compelled towards it and instead of being like oh I hate what they just said there therefore I hate them and I hate their teachings I'm more interested in being like why am I repelled away from that yeah. and why am I compelled towards this because I think there's something really interesting in that for you to learn and yeah. it opens up stuff like in terms of sex like opens up stuff around like your sexual scripts that you have you know and um, the things that you believe all of this stuff and I always as well have this thing about curiosity where and, I, and this is what leads you down the correct rabbit hole for you right because we all have these individual kind of journeys and pathways to go on right yeah like you could start a sexual journey and it's totally different right it has the same themes through it but it's totally different than the person sitting beside you you know yeah. so when you follow your curiosities you're following um um the exact pathway that that you're supposed to go down you know yeah and i also as well say like even when it comes to career you know um that you know the way people talk about this thing of like follow your passion right yeah and i have tons of passion like i'm a person that's bursting with passion like i exude passion it's like you know when people say like what's your superpower i know that passion is one of my superpowers yeah. you know like when i'm excited about something i can get somebody else excited about something and they didn't yeah. even know they didn't even know <laughs> they were ever going to be excited about it before and then i'm suddenly talking they're like holy shit i'm really excited like that's a gift right it's like a, a fire spark right yeah but when it comes to like when it comes to following your path when it comes to following your career i always believe like when people say like follow your passion i'm like scratch the passion like follow your curiosity because for me the passion mm. is the fire right yeah but curiosity is the wood okay and without the wood that you're throwing onto the fire fire is like gonna get dim every now and again like you could love something yeah like i've I had love, it i love books yeah it's not as cool as sex <laughs> but like <laughs> it's something and luckily like with books the curiosity helps so mm -hmm. if i'm passionate about books it's because there's so much out there mm -hmm. there's so much out there you can learn yeah and like granted it's not going to be as cool as like being passionate and being that curious about sex <laughs> but we can't all we can't all have be like I, same but I, I would totally disagree with you because like your passion for reading you know mm. you pass that on to somebody you know so somebody could have like a, a, a like just let's say like a dormant desire to read you know three books a year right yeah. they're reading none at the moment right and suddenly then they hear your podcast and they hear how passionate you are about reading and that ignites mm. and sparks and cr makes active their dormant desire yeah. you know and then you inspire that person through your passion for it yeah. so yeah okay like sex is like a sexier word right and like yeah, in yeah. comparison to books but it's still the same thing you know yeah yeah, yeah definitely definitely it's um one thing i wanted to go back to yeah like, go that's why i was trying i was trying to grab my notebook from the back <laughs> is you spoke about like a, a numbness yeah in now i'm gonna have to stop myself from going red here but in your vagina okay <laughs> so um this is going to be me getting comfortable talking about that stuff uh, over, over the course of this podcast and i think that's the the point in this podcast is do you feel since you 
like started your journey of like yoga and like getting present and stuff is that the key to feeling more mm. in sex yeah yeah like i i say this like all the time as well that i believe that self-pleasure or masturbation is a meditation on self-love and mm. and i say meditation very purposely because you know yes like when it comes to when it comes to great sex right whether it's with yourself or whether it's with somebody else yeah. it's about being connected to the things that you feel the the uh, like the energy that's alive in you the electrical impulses yeah. the, the the movement of blood right like you feel like you start to feel blood moving through your body and you're like whoo you know it creates a desire right yeah. or it creates a state of arousal um and it and and so this is about becoming attentive and bringing your awareness to the subtle ways energy moves in you yeah. being connected to that and at and then uh and then in terms of being with somebody else, right? Sharing the pleasure of yeah. that connection with with a partner with, yeah. or with other people, right? And so for me, that is, that is, that's yoga, that's meditation. It's about becoming, it's about, um, yeah, becoming present. It's about becoming aware of the subtle, uh, uh, subtle ways energy moves through your body. It's about learning how to attune your tension to the subtleties and that when your mind starts to become active because it does right sex yeah. is, is it's so evident there like all of the things that we think you're like you know oh my god does my body look good like this like does he What's like my, you know like yeah like oh i have all of this stuff on my to-do list i don't yeah. know if i have time for sex yeah, yeah. so like all of this stuff that's the mind taking control in yoga in meditation you are learning how to Come essentially on. anchor the mind into your body or into your heart um and so and so when you are learning these techniques they often auto they automatically translate into your connection with yourself your connection with another right i i completely agree i think in terms of like so i've been meditating consistently now for i'm on my like 240th day wow and that's that's every day but i started probably february last year i like i genuinely believe i've got better at sex from meditation and like my sex life has improved mm. and this is not me flexing for anyone that's listening i'm not trying to advertise myself because <laughs> that's not what this podcast is about you're you're allowed to own yeah what, you're allowed to own this without yeah. apologizing for yeah. it okay so, all right yeah well feedback has been great <laughs> since i've become a more present person mm. which like it's it's great to hear like you love you love to hear it and i think it translates into so many different parts of life and when you kind of like realize like you can meditate yourself into being a better shag. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's mad. Yeah, I and I also really believe it's, uh, you know, even for people who are like, God, I, do, I hate yoga and I hate meditation. Um, it's, it's, it's like to recognize, right, that there are other ways to meditate other than just sitting on a mat, right? Mm. Like for me, like one of the first times that I learned to, that I, or I realized um, that I was, when I went to meditation, first of all, I was like, I've been doing this like before now in different ways. Mm. Like, so I was, uh, I loved art and actually my original career was I was an animator. Okay. And so in art, like you're, when you're drawing something, you're totally absorbed in mm. the object that you're drawing and in, in the, in the, in the drawing itself. Right. And so, and you're totally present. Like, like if you're doing still life or you're drawing a person, right. You're yeah. totally absorbed in that moment to capture it. Right. You're also learning how to see. Okay. And this is like a, a beautiful thing. Like 
one of the I, I think one of the I, I was learning this before I was even like learning it right so when I could look at that cup over there and I could put my eyes back down on a piece of paper and I could draw the cup and I'm drawing the cup from my memory right yeah. I'm not actually drawing that cup so instead like you start to learn how you you are taught when you're learning to draw how to actually see and in that you're learning that's a, a way of becoming present right yeah, yeah. with the moment and also present and uh and aware of what what beauty is like learning to reframe beauty so you're learning to look at textures on a pineapple i remember i was drawing a pineapple like pineapples for months on end i was obsessed with pineapples like i was just like these are so incredible like how have I never seen this before? Because you're totally present, you're absorbed, you're in, you're, you're becoming, uh, you're, the art of attention is yeah. suddenly becoming alive in you, you know? And when you're, when you're called into that and you're just suddenly like, holy shit, like how did this actually make itself? Then you become in awe and that's yes. awe inspiring, right? So that's meditation, yeah. swimming, right? Learning to swim continuously and breathe. Like yeah. I remember swimming, I was like, counting my strokes like one two three four breathe one two three yeah that's a meditation right and um, that focus like for me like so I, like i meditate every morning and then i'm now trying to get into that yoga nidra because I, I spoke oh. to some people the other day because my my mm. resting state is my brain's very busy mm -hmm. so I, I need to focus on, on that resting but like jujitsu for me is a meditation like yes take last year like i, I got broken up with an absolute hate of my life went to jujitsu for that hour and a half a day, I was out. I was out of my brain mm -hmm. and like into my body and being choked by all sorts of people. And yeah. Like it's it's finding meditation in things. I think is yes, and also as well, like jujitsu is a perfect example. Like like think like you can translate the things that you love into your sex life. Like jujitsu, mm. like when you break it down, right? You are learning how to move and almost dance, right? To be in a rhythm with another person's body. Yeah. Like they have their own life, their own rhythm, their own breath, and in this kind of uh, in in this kind of dance together, you're learning like how to move. You're learning what the what power and submission is, right? What dominance yeah. and submission is. You're learning how to hold, you know, without killing somebody right yeah, you're learning yeah. how to hold how to be supportive but also how to you know how to show your strength and how right to be safe yeah whilst, like how practicing to, how to be safe yeah and you're also learning as well in this like how to be held right yeah. so on the outside it can seem like you know uh you know you can paint on it whatever these things are but fundamentally you can translate these into mm. sex because what is sex like sex is sex is is a part of all life and i always say this like we are sensual sexual beings yeah. from the moment we're born until the time that we die and that this is actually a thread that runs through everybody's life we may not just necessarily be openly aware of it yeah you it's know? just a lot of like shame attached to it almost that mm. like people just don't talk about sex yeah because they're like oh well I mean, it's almost as if there's something wrong with just saying like i just want to have sex yeah like it, it doesn't make that much sense to me like let's say for example I'm out here, I'm single, like I, I jump on Tinder. I'm almost like, I don't want a girlfriend, but I wouldn't say to someone like, oh, hey, like I just want sex. So I delete Tinder every two days mm -hmm. and then I have a moment of weakness and I go back on it. Yeah. But why, like, why is there that shame? But why do you call it a moment of weakness? See that? Because I, I, don't, I don't like going on Tinder. I'd much prefer to go and speak to someone. Which, by the way, I'm terrible at. But the other day, really proud of myself. I was in uh, Black Sands Brewery. Yeah. 
and there was this girl there, fit. <laughs> and I was, like, I looked at her, and apparently when a girl like looks at you and like smiles, and then like, that happens like two or three times, apparently that's like a, a good go-ahead to speak to them. <laughs> okay. I didn't know this, Siobhan told me this. And as I was leaving, I was like, walked past the bar, she was on her own, and I was like, hey, are you single? <laughs> and like that is a terrible way to go about it, but I did it. And granted, she wasn't single, but she said she goes there every Friday, so I can go back and check whenever I need to. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I don't even know why. I love that that was your opening line. Hey, are you single? <laughs> well, I just think I, you know, it sets the intention, doesn't it? And yeah. I, I definitely, I shouldn't point again in the future is the feedback that I've got. <laughs> don't, point. don't point at people. Yeah, the pointing, I would yeah. I would avoid that. Like, but, it's um, more about like, you know, think about your body language, right? To be open and receptive and almost welcoming, right? Yeah, not giving like a Hitler, like <laughs> point with my arm. <laughs> No wonder she said she was. She probably is single, and was just like, oh <laughs> yeah, nah, not no. really actually, uh, weirdo. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, right? Because I think there's a a thing in ours, like you're saying that you don't want a girlfriend, right? But mm. we all crave intimacy, yeah, we do. right? Yeah, I probably I do. I just need but, to find the right person. But actually, it's well, well, what I'm saying is right is that we have this belief that like in order to pursue somebody, we have to have a goal beforehand, which is I want a girlfriend or I want to get married now, right? This is the conversation I have with my therapist like every week. Yeah. <laughs> And so this is, I always say this as well, like in, in sex, we generally have a goal, right? Mm. So the goal is orgasm, right? To have one or else to give one, right? Yeah. Um, and and when, we, uh, when we have a destination, right? Um, w- there's very little room for creativity. There's very little room for going off the beaten track, mm. very little room for exploration. Like for me- Some people don't like it off the beaten track though. It's <laughs> just that- just, just let you know. <laughs> don't, but that's for you anyone can... listening, don't always don't just go for that. Always no, ask. No, consent, right? That's consent, right? That's also communication, right? Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to like, we all have a desire for intimacy for and for sex, right? Because that is intimacy. That is connection. That is being in relationship with other people, right? And we are mm. social creatures, and so this is one way of expressing, right, our sociability, our our mm. sense, our our sexuality, and our sense, our sensuality, right? And so, the I think like for me, what what would be beautiful to change, right? And and this is what I try to do on Instagram is like change people's concepts of words right Mm. so right now we have a belief that you know casual sex is bad right because um you know we shouldn't want it it's shameful and you know uh like you're even saying you know you delete tinder every couple of days i'm all for it i'm not i'm not like celibate yeah and so the thing is that like we it's about redefining our relationship with that right because casual sex doesn't mean that you have to be devoid of uh, care. Casual sex doesn't have to be devoid of um, uh, honesty and yeah. intimacy and love even. I think that's where I struggle, you know. Yeah. I know this isn't a therapy session. <laughs> well, if it is, I'm getting it for free, which is great. <laughs> but like, I, I think that's where I, and I'm, I'm assuming a lot of other people struggle is with the whole casual sex thing. Like, I think I'm quite a kind person. Mm. Like, I do care about people. Yeah. And that's where I will then probably scare myself into like my avoidant behaviors of like, right, let's get an end date on this or like, right, let's just not like, let's, let's call this off now. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people confuse that caring for someone for like really liking that person, like wanting to be with them. Mm. Is that? Well, we think we oftentimes we think we have to act 
right on the feeling okay mm. and so this is even the same so right now we're talking about it in this regard right where you know we're intimate with somebody we're having sex we're not open for a committed relationship right now for whatever reason that is yeah but we can still care for that person we can still even as i said like we can still even feel love for that person yeah. right but oftentimes we think that the feeling requires an action now the yeah. same thing is right when we talk about let's say cheating okay yeah. oftentimes we can have a desire for when we're in a relationship right yeah. we can have a desire for someone okay or for some pain to experience something and it's like this desire we see someone who's beautiful and we go oh my god that person's beautiful and then we feel something and then we feel we have to act on that feeling yeah. or we'll regret it or we'll miss out or something will happen and so here's the thing right i and this is what we try to talk about as well it's like you can have a feeling and not act on it you yeah. can have a feeling and take that love that you feel for somebody that you're just casually with and and uh, and, and give it to them give yeah. it to them openly and willing without expectation without uh without um obligation right yeah. and the same thing is that you can look at a beautiful person and they can arouse a desire in you to you know like be a little bit kinky or dirty yeah. and if you're with somebody you don't have to take it to that person to just inspire that you can take that arouse that desire and bring it back to your partner and yeah. it's often a way as well to help reignite um reignite desire and passion in long-term relationships and that doesn't mm. look like you know going around having an open relationship you can still be committed still be monogamous if that yeah. is your agreement and your contract within your relationship but you can use these things to to kind of like uh, as fuel right yeah. in your own relationship so it's just about for me it's just about like you know we only know so much right yeah. we can only ever know so much right but for me this is about learning to you know expand your imagination to become sexually creative yeah. and to think like oh is there is there another way like yeah, yeah. and that doesn't mean like handstands and stuff like that right or does it no it, no okay all right just checking just checking before <laughs> before that good feedback i've been getting turns really bad <laughs> Well, Jenny told me it was all right. <laughs> she knows her you stuff. You can absolutely do a handstand if that's what you want to do. <laughs> oh, that the, is... the vertical 69. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll pass, I think. I'll pass for now. Who knows in the future? Yeah. It's, um, it's such a fascinating topic. Yeah. And do you know just one thing that you mentioned as well? Because there's a book and it's, I have it written down. I'm, I, yep. Like I said, like yeah, this yeah, is like me, the only me. book that like this is the only podcast I've ever had notes to because I was Perfect. like, I was like, I've got a book list as long as my arm. And I was saying to you as well, like that, you know, when you asked me to do this, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited because I get asked this question all the time. Yeah. Can you recommend books for this and this and this? And like, I just can't reply to those messages all at this, like, you know, the amount of messages I receive, I can't yeah. reply individually. So no. I was like, oh my God, you're saying saving my life ed oh, so but what you were talking about you were talking about um uh attachment right and your avoidance yeah, right that yeah. you have have you read the book attachment i've i i've read sinead hegsey's book on relationships and got that much on the attachments oh, okay. side i thought that was a really concise way of putting it however i was actually speaking to someone the other day about it and realized i don't know enough but i have it at home yes. on the shelf but this okay so this book it's like uh it is uh so it, it has three theories. It's called Attached, yeah. and it's the new science of adult attachment and how it can help you find and keep love, right? Yeah. This book literally like changed my life when yeah. it came to relationships because I have avoided attachment, right? So this mm. is this would look at I don't I haven't read that book that you're speaking about Sinead's uh, book. I don't I haven't. Oh read yeah, this. it's just a it's like a forty page ebook okay. on relationships, just like 
everything she's read is just condensed into that 40 ah, page. Okay. It's great. It's really yeah, concise, yeah. And especially for, for people that don't have read. time to yeah. read. Yeah. Well, no, people that don't have time to read are fucking liars. <laughs> um, but That's true. Make time. Yeah, make time. Yeah. Um, but this book goes through, I don't know then, so maybe this is similar to what Sinead wrote, but this book is, um, it talks about three different attachment styles, secure mm. attachment, anxious attachment, yeah. and avoided attachment. Yeah. And it basically gives you this recipe, right? That you, it like, first of all, describes what it is, then it tells you what the characteristics are, but then it really beautifully tells you how, like the antidotes, yes, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, but it was so funny, because when I was reading this book, I was like, so my friend sent it to me because I was talking to her and she goes, you need to read this book. And very specifically, specifically you need to read this chapter like okay, avoid detachment yeah, yeah, yeah. style and I was just kind of I was reading it and I remember reading and just like total avoid attachment I was reading it going like yeah this doesn't sound like me and like or I was actually it was an it was a, an audio book I was I had the audio version yeah. and I was I was listening to it and I was like yeah this doesn't really sound like me at all and I, I continued on through it and then I was uh, in my uh, current relationship at the time and I remember uh, there was one part of the book where it says like you know if you're avoiding attachment these are the characteristics and it labels a few and one of them was like you're constantly making checklists of like you know why you should leave this person right yeah and so i read that and i was kind of thinking like i don't do that and so here i am right like in the room with my lover and i'm like he comes in and he's like just going about his day like going about the room like pottering around and i'm watching him and I'm also recognizing that I'm making a list of all the reasons that I need to get out of the relationship. Yeah. And it was like, I just had this moment of like, whoa, it's like where I like went out of my body and saw my, you know, like my invisible body or whatever, or hologram of my body making this, like literally yeah, writing yeah, on a yeah. notepad, all these little she, things. Jenny's just on your shoulder. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, bastard. <laughs> Dragging his feet. <laughs> Tick. <laughs> Oh my god so for me i was just like oh wow and then i remember listening to it again and being like this is you know incredible but it gives for me it's like and this is one of the beautiful things right is that and it's the same thing you can be reading on instagram you can be reading a book right mm. it's not enough to just read right yeah. it's not enough to like have the information and you know to have it just sit in your mind you have to put it into practice yeah. right so uh and this is i think that book is like a really good recommendation for anyone like yeah. even if you're not in a relationship have no desire to be in a relationship it's just incredible and if you're tr if you also as well are the type of person that sits sits down and wonders like about like why my partner acts the way that they act right yeah, yeah. This it's great helps. for understanding other people because yeah. the guy that i was speaking about this with the other day i was like do you find yourself like diagnosing any like potential suitors as what they are because like for me anyone new i'm like what kind of attachment type are they what, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and like any like past relationship you start filtering through them and like for me i used to be an anxious attachment type like mm. really really anxious and that was only just last year but that's like the the journey that i've gone on from going from like this an anxious like depressed person to the not so anxious like not so depressed person that i am this year or actually i mean fuck it i'll say it like i'm pretty happy now yeah. like 17th of December 2020 <laughs> I'm I'm pretty happy this time last year I was sat in my room crying my eyes out yeah. over a relationship that ended because probably down to my anxious attachment type and not understanding that and, and mm. not being able to recognize the behaviors and realize like okay this might not be the best way to behave if you want someone to stay with you yeah which is which is mad but um mm. yeah it's, it's a great thing to understand and i think especially for like single people especially people in relationships that are struggling but 
I got a message the other day because I did a podcast with Sinead and someone messaged me saying, oh, you're, um, you're an avoidant attachment type. You're all looking for an excuse not to be with someone because if they've got, uh, if they've got an issue with you liking girls' pictures, you don't want to be with them. And I was like, yeah, but people like what they like. And there's, there's a certain standard people hold for themselves. It doesn't quite make that an avoidant behaviour, I don't think. It's like a, no. a set of, say someone kicked a dog and I'd be like, right, well, that'd be on my list of, of reasons to leave them. Doesn't make me an avoidant, just means I have a standard of not being with people that kick dogs. Yeah, I think there's like, it's it's when it comes to relationships and it's always about communication mm. and like, what are your non-negotiables, right? Yes, yeah. So for me, it would be more like, it, it's, you can't just take one thing, right? And just like slap it on top of everything. Yes. It, there is, uh, it's just like everything in the world, like every, all of these concepts, topics, um, beliefs, uh, methods, right? Mm. They're 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 meshing and moving and mixing together, and it's about finding the right cocktail, right? Yeah. The right recipe for yourself, and yeah, exactly like this. Like it doesn't, it definitely doesn't mean that you're avoiding chat attachment. You know, it's for me, it's more about um, even reading this book, right? And and you start to go like, okay, who am I? For me, it's about saying, it's about becoming curious, and I love what you said, like where you know it's avoiding attachment, and then you know turning into you can turn into a more anxious attachment yeah. right because every day you know over time we are different people when we start to take on different behaviors mm. and different habits we become different right yeah. and and so we can like move and 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 kind of like uh you know slide in between yeah. all of these different types you well, know life isn't it you, you, yeah you, you're meant to flow through life not Absolutely. like not work against it and it, it's meant to be this like fluid let's mm. let's get all like woo woo but like the energy that you have is like you're not meant to be set in this one particular way for yeah. the rest of your life yeah y you're meant to change at different stages change from week to week like i came out to bali thinking like i'll i'll never write a course because i think everyone's got a course yeah three weeks later i'm writing a course and, and it feels right as yeah. well and it doesn't feel like i'm gonna be ripping people off or something by by like selling it to them and i, and I feel confident that what i've got to say is is worth x amount of money mm. not a lot of money yeah because i know what i'd pay for a course and and stuff like that but it's it's amazing like your your beliefs change and that's that's the example that i'm using there it's just mm. like you you do change and i think people have to allow room for that yeah and um there's a beautiful thing. Someone I, I had on the podcast, Ella Ring Rose, another Irish person. Apparently, I just love the Irish. <laughs> and and she said, don't let the fear of judgment like squash your curiosity mm. for things. And I, I think that, that's great because so many people are worried about what their friends think or what their family thinks. So they won't act on a particular urge or yeah. like give in to that curiosity and, and like look into a certain topic because they don't want to feel judged or they don't want to feel almost shame around doing something new that's out of the ordinary right yeah. yeah and it's also it's not just judgment from the outside right it's self-judgment like mm. you know it's often that's often the the even an even stronger oh, it's um, bad isn't it <laughs> trust that it is it's, I judge myself all the time yeah. I'm working on it but like and I, and it, I think the, the the first thing you have to do is recognize the behavior, isn't it? And, Absolutely. and like, when you recognize you're judging yourself, like, actually, why? 
mm-hmm. when you 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 can actually drop it. It's really difficult to do, yeah. But you can just drop it. Yeah, and it's so funny because uh, judgment and shame, right? They're very like they're they're they they're probably in the same family, right? In many ways, mm. but um, for me, like when I think about judgment, right? How it feels for me is that, and this is what I notice, like when I'm judging other people, right? I go through this, I'll tell you this thing, like I go through this thing, like so every year on my birthday, I have, uh, I do, and I've been doing it for years, like even before I was meditating, but I do this thing where I have uh, three, um, let's say three, I don't wanna call them, but like three things, right, uh, on, on a list. And the first one is uh, something that I want to learn, okay? okay. In the, because you know, sometimes we can say like, I wanna do this and I wanna do that. And and, I, and a whole, like for, I was noticing for all the time, like on my birthday, but like, right, I'm like 23, I wanna do this, right? And then yeah. I'd be 24 and I still hadn't done that, right? Yeah. So I started to do this thing where it was almost like setting intentions, right, for my birthday year. And so I would sit on my birthday and say, so uh this is one thing that i want to one thing that i want to learn okay yeah. so whether it was like a new language or um or a musical instrument right yeah. um the other thing is an experience that i want to have so maybe that looks like i don't know um climbing kilimanjaro or something like this right yeah uh or you know um or maybe something like kinky and sexy right yeah, <laughs> something okay. that i want like a threesome right yeah um and the last one is a quality um, that I want to either assume or work on like so something and this one is the one that I never chose right the other two I kind of chose yeah. but this one I never chose I always let it choose me and one year the word was judgment and I was like you know see this word I'm like oh my god and I was like oh Jesus that's a bit heavy you know because mm-hmm. the previous year it was love right and so I was yeah, like yeah. judgment is super heavy and so but was and it was so beautiful because at that moment of time I was kind of like I don't I'm not really a judgy person I don't judge people but that year this came up for me so strong where I I went away and at the 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 biggest theme that I had was judgment and it was so strong like I was sitting in front of someone and I was literally hearing this really loud judging voice being like this like talking on top of what they're saying being like like it was so strong that I had to like pull myself into a vipassana for 10 days because I was like I need to be in silence you know because this is horrific you know and what I realized was that like for me when I was going through this that judgment that when it's happening it's often uh it's often an energy or a feeling that like you are putting yourself above somebody else right this is a is it your spiritual ego because i realized very recently Mm. that i have one (laughs) and in about an hour and a half i'll get a notification come through on my phone saying judgment question mark oh wow because that's that's how i I remind myself of these stories and things like that because sometimes you gotta like use your tech to, to your advantage and like I'll get whatever story I'm telling myself that month I'll have a notification come through for it just to remind myself each day like okay so let's just look back at the last seven hours how have I been mm. doing how's how's my judgment and that's judgment on others and also judgment on myself because yeah. I have this thing where like I don't think I'm great at all and that's like my judgment on myself but I was getting an inkling that I thought I was better than certain people which mm. like it's it's not a great way to be and i know that's not that's that's a judgment on myself of of how i am but oh, it's such a weird thing yeah, to get into but judgment but like yeah. how, how did you it's just something it? to note like so for me it was becoming like very like uh 
like gentle with myself right yeah. so I was recognizing that I was judging uh, other people and I was like Jesus if, if this is the way I'm talking about others um ha- like I must be speaking to myself like in like this just like a hundred mm. times more right so it's becoming super super gentle because in judgment right you there's this energy as I saying like a hierarchy where you're you're placing yourself above somebody to say like I'm better than that that yeah. person so if I don't believe what they're saying or if I think what they're saying if I'm if I go like pfft, like look at what this person is saying you are placing yourself above them right yeah. and th- and this is that idea of like having power over somebody there's a dominance yeah. in it the same way when you say like you know oh like i'm not good enough right that's a, a power over you know it's and both of these things are energies that suppress shaming is very similar that's why I say it's from the same family mm. right because in shaming it's uh it's a feeling of suppression right think of what happens when you shame mm. somebody or when you shame yourself there's a suppression and it's also the shame has a power over you right um and so both of these things are 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 in the same family of that and for me like what for me what it was was like coming back to this idea of like who do i want to be right yeah i don't want to be somebody that wants to have power over somebody in order to like or in order to take up space right i don't want to say like you know that in order to fill up this room i have to like be on top of you right or be under you so for me it was constantly coming back to this idea of instead of like having power over it's about having power with so whenever i felt that i was judging someone or even judging myself i always just had like this this like little for me it's always visual imagine visual images right instead of like being like kind of hovering over somebody or being under somebody instead just seeing myself like on the same level of that as them and so in that it allowed me to dissolve these barriers that were actually they do keep you away from learning and yeah. receiving someone else's point of view you know i think i i think i do the submissive to be like under someone mm. even though i feel i'm above mm. and i think i i compensate for that to like i think especially so for me i don't get on with guys that well like mm. really or maybe that's something i'm picking the wrong groups but like i will very often like act submissive but at the same time think like twat like your behaviors <clears throat> are bad mm. and and judge that other person but i will act as if i'm submissive and and mm. yeah it's very strange and it's 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 a great thing to look into for people because there'll be people listening judging me for judging others <laughs> and what they won't realize is that they are in fact judging yeah um, but we all do it right yeah. whether we admit to it or not or whether we can admit our mm. admit, admit our admit to it admit admit um, yeah. to it ourselves right <laughs> Got that in the end. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we all do it like yeah. i mean none of us are perfect right no. we can do all the work Speak yourself. yeah <laughs> <laughs> are you judging me yet (laughs) but we can all we can all like we can do all of the work in the world right in terms of like self-development and be like you know love and light and peace and harmony and all these things and we can talk and talk and talk right but ultimately like we are all running pretty much the same programs you know this belief that we aren't good enough this belief that we're better than others this belief that we deserve you know what that other person has like we um this a belief that we don't deserve love right yeah. uh like that we're not lovable uh like these are all common 
uh, scripts, right, yeah, yeah. that exist in the world. So we all have them, right? Yeah. It's just whether or not we want to admit to them, you know? And then it's just constantly, like, as you said, like, it's like a meditation on bringing your awareness to them, you know? Yeah. So that they might, so that it might be that, like, it's so it's it's moving from a place where they are controlling you to you are um, not controlling them, but you are working with them, right? Yeah. Power with, right? That's, that's, that's the thing is... Like, do you know what? I saw this thing on Instagram the other day and it was like only dead fish go with the flow mm. I think it's such a load of shit <laughs> smart fish go with the flow that's that's what I thought because people swim upstream all like all their lives whereas what they could do is just fucking turn around and just go with it mm. and there's less resistance you can flow like nicely from like left to right and it doesn't take too much effort to like surrender to the experience of life and, and go with the flow. Do you know what mm. I mean? Yes, but we also need to swim upstream as well mm. because that is part of life. So in in there's a tantra yoga theory called Spanda, right? Okay. And Spanda is like the primordial heartbeat in the world. And it is essentially the, uh, the contraction and expansion that exists in everything, mm. right? So it exists when the world was created, if you believe that, right? The Big Bang, yeah. the, there was like a, a kind of a moving in then boom the world yeah. expanded right the world will contract again eventually this yeah. is part of nature it happens with our heartbeat you know but boom but boom yeah. contraction it happens with our lungs mm -hmm. it also happens like if you look at a flower and look at nature right yes, it's like twisted yeah. into the bud it's that contraction and then the expansion as it opens towards the light and then as it's dissolving and 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 dying right it contracts again mm. so this is this thing so going with the flow yes we all have those moments in our life where we're in flow where mm. you know everything is working for us where we're in love where yeah. we're like happy we're you know experiencing all the greatness you know all the joy of life but the other side swimming up the stream is important right this is the friction like i always believe yeah. all of these things like i i have this uh, saying that i say like friction articulates the skin of life right yeah. so if we didn't have friction we wouldn't know the beauty of like walking through the grass like or walking on the sand barefoot mm. and feeling the texture of the sand on our feet or feeling like you know the grass tickling yeah, our yeah. calves you know so it's, it's the it's the friction articulates the skin and we need both right okay. and like in and you know yourself right like in any kind of heartbreak you expressed this earlier mm. that when we have a heartbreak, right? It's this kind of like contraction where we're like, we go into our center where we feel like there's this like the deepest part of us, the mm. darkest part of us where, you know, suddenly we, you know, we, we, we might be the type of person who's never experienced any kind of depression or anxiousness or sadness in our life. Yeah. And suddenly in the moment of heartbreak, we know what it's like to have absolutely no energy, to not be able to get out of bed in the morning because you're just like, I can't go on, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And in that contraction, in the heartbreak, there is an expansion because when you allow yourself to feel into the depth of that mm. depression and sadness, right? And if you need it to get support for it yourself there, right? Yeah. But to really Really feel into the depth of that you simultaneously allow yourself to expand in on the other side yeah, so yeah. you might feel the depth of sadness but when you come out of that you know yeah. you know happiness at a deeper level you know love at a deeper level and so this is that yes. like way that we constantly like contract a little bit to expand a bit bigger to contract yeah. and this is how we get bigger through our experiences of life and to bring this back to sex yeah right? yeah of course yeah. course, course. <laughs> <laughs> when women tell me like um 
and uh, and I say women I work with men as well but when women tell me that you know and they get to a certain point where you know they feel pleasure and then they stop themselves right so Mm. they might be coming to a moment of orgasm and you might have experienced this with some of the women you were with Mm. where they're feeling pleasure what's an orgasm for a woman (laughs) where they're feeling (laughs) pleasure and they're saying I have a book for you to read by the way I'll tell you (laughs) yes yeah Um, it's called She Comes First by Ian Kerner. It's okay. amazing. Yeah, you definitely need to read that. I'll tell you in a second. So for any guys that are reading yeah, it. Yeah, She Comes First. It's like uh, he talks about like oral pleasure and giving. Uh, but I read it myself and I learned so much. I So I, I'm sorry my parents can listen to this, but <laughs> I, maybe because I'm a people pleaser, but like that's my aim. Mm. How easy is it for me to go and have a Tommy Tank? Two minutes, I'm done. If that. Like I can, I can, I know, I appreciate it's a bit more difficult for girls. And like, how good is it for a guy knowing how many guys just fucking ignore it to be the one to make it come first, mm. once, twice, or however, however many times it it, it gets to? Because like, that's a real sense of achievement for a guy, I believe. Okay, I want to pause you on go this on, topic go on. because I just want to go back really yes. quickly and finish what I was saying with the orgasm and then I want to come back to this yeah. because everything that you're saying, I'm just like, yes, let's talk about this. Yeah. So when it comes to this idea of contractional expansion, yes. right, and when women are receiving pleasure mm-hmm. and you might have experienced, right, where you're you're giving oral pleasure to someone yeah. and then they suddenly say like, no, no, stop, stop, stop. Yes, or yeah, else yeah. they pull you and say like, yeah. I want you to penetrate me now or something yeah, like this, yeah, right? Yeah. But there's this kind of like a thing of, it's kind of sometimes done in a way of like, you know, a desire or a hunger of like, I want you. But mm. a lot of the times, right, um, I hear it's the back resistance. end of this, right? It's not so much resistance. It's like they stop themselves from experiencing the full expansion of that pleasure. And this is because of that contraction expansion. So think of our bodies, right? we have a certain capacity for sadness, a certain capacity for love. And beyond that, it feels like we're breaking, right? We've all had those moments, right? Heartbreak allows you to break on that end and expand in love on the other end, right? The same is with pleasure, right? So we have a certain capacity for pleasure in our Mm. body. So in terms of science, this is called insula. So building up insulin resistance, you know, to our body, like to pleasure in our body. So we can take a certain amount of pleasure and then that's as far as we can go. And when you feel like you're at the edge of the pleasure, okay, this is where your body, um, it's gonna feel like, it starts to feel like it's like a feeling of resistance where something is closing back in on you and you're suddenly going, oh, oh, and it starts to get uncomfortable. Okay. And then you're like, I don't know where to, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do with yeah, this. Yeah. And then there's a fear in that moment where you're like, what happens when you break the boundaries and go beyond that, right? Okay. Where you go beyond the limits and become almost limitless. And so in that generally, people will stop themselves from experiencing the pleasure and they yeah. actually stop it, right? And so this is where like I would, I'll teach women in, in the programs that I do where it's like when you get to that point and you feel it, this is where you have to pause, stop everything and you feel the contraction and instead of it feeling like something is closing in and feeling uncomfortable, you feel a support around it instead. Okay. Then you pause, you relax the body because right now your body's intention trying to yeah, hold yeah. on to itself, be like, I don't know what we're doing here. We've never been this far before, right? Okay. And then you pause, you relax, soften the body, and then you breathe. And when you inhale, that breath literally opens out, you know? And 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 what happens in the opening out of that, in the expansion of that, is that you allow your pleasure to expand just a little bit more. Yeah. And then it's about what you're talking about, right? So you're swimming upstream and then it's the surrender. I've got goosebumps now. Yeah. And then in the surrender, you allow the wave to take you. And this is where 
the energy of orgasm takes you on a ride yeah. and you are a passenger on it i've got goosebumps all over my yeah, body yeah, saying this okay. but that is what you're trying to do so it's like yes you need to swim upstream but and go with the flow at the same time and it's about learning how to dance with the two of those things because yeah. they they're there for each other right okay. it's fascinating <laughs> yeah okay well i tell you just so just on this topic right i'll tell you a book that you, you could read nervous, pull your sleeves down. no no I'm just, like, <laughs> I'm just like i'm, I'm kind of sh- i'm all shivery and goosebumpy now because like I'm, I'm actually like living an orgasm i'm having yeah. at the same time I'm like wow i'm kind of going on one right now oh my god this is uh, from a podcast this is great <laughs> Add that to the but i always say as well, like you know when you get goosebumps like yeah, this is yeah. an orgasm right i call them skin gasms right okay when goosebumps are like riding like waves yeah, yeah. in your body right so that is an orgasm um so anyway, uh, a, a book that's really nice to read, and this is more scientific, right? Yeah. But I always recommend it. It's called Come As You Are um, by Emily Nagoski. And she is kind of like, consider her like, you know, like your nerdy, funny best friend. Like okay. it's all science-based, but it gives you like an idea of what's happening in terms of orgasm, arousal from a yeah. science-based uh, point of view. And it's a really nice book to read okay. because oftentimes we need, right, when it comes to feeling sometimes yeah. we need the education we need our mind right to understand that and what was it called again uh come as you are by emily nagoski i'm gonna give you a list oh you're gonna give books. me a list Perfect. yeah all right that's good <laughs> that's good right um yeah so. and so to get back to what you were saying yes right and back. this book come as you are by ian kerner um and what you're saying in terms of like how great is it you know to be able to give to somebody so mm. generally so i'm going to I'm going to uh, generalize here, right? When okay, I'm speaking yeah, yeah. about this. But it's helpful, right? So that you know that I'm generalizing and you can take the bits that, you know, uh, that resonate with you and then the yeah. ones that don't, right? Yeah. So um, for most men, their yeah. desire is, and, and their desire in, in sex and intimacy is to give, right? And so mm. think about men and their makeup. If you've read any of these kind of books, right? About like, I don't know, um, any of the kind of, what are those books called? Well, I don't know, men versus women books. It's not the men versus women, but it's kind of like you know, cavemen. You know. Yeah. What are the, I can't remember any of the I can't remember them now. But it's anyway, like Sex at Dawn or something. Oh, there. That's well, yeah, that's one. But it's it's kind of I'm talking a little bit more about like the caveman theory. So like, man is here to provide. Oh yes, like yeah, this yeah, idea, yeah. right? Woman is like man is to give, woman is to receive. Yeah, like, hunter these kind gatherer of kind of shit. Yeah, yeah hunter gatherer okay. things, right? So it's similar in sex, right? When when you speak to a man, right, and you ask them like like what turns them on, mm. generally what they will tell you and what you get feedback from the most is it turns me on, um, to see her in her pleasure, right? Yeah. And there's a couple of th- there's a couple of reasons behind that. It's this idea that you are providing pleasure okay Okay. and the same way that you provide safety you provide food you provide like this idea that men work and women are home right yeah so it comes from this idea right and we run off these things now there's also this kind of um this uh you talked about as well the sense of achievement right Yeah, yeah and we have this within within our sexuality within sex within partnerships because as i said like we do put a goal right on yeah. top of why we're intimate right so again to give or to have an orgasm right yeah. also as well like so um, and this is really where we're we're transitioning at this moment in time out of these mm. kind of let's say old systems and structures yeah. of, of a way of engaging with our sexuality moving into a different way of being and so this is where we're coming out of sex being you know 
um, where we've come from a place where sex is more about achievement, where sex is more about performance, yeah. and whether and where and where sex is more about your accomplishment, right? And uh, and what you accomplish and what you achieve, right? Whereas now we're moving into a space where sex and intimacy people are asking for more right yeah they're asking for more so it becomes more about connection it becomes more about what you appreciate and it becomes more about um uh, uh what you can enjoy right so uh this is re oh thank you so much <laughs> um so we're moving out of this kind of ear like out of this sensation and even mm. what you're saying in terms of one of the things what I that I find like when it comes to men is that yeah. they know how to give and actually like when I had have had men's workshops in the past I say like what do you want to get from this workshop right yeah and it's always like I want to know how to please her more you know I want to yeah. know how to like be an incredible lover and if you look at the marketing around men's sexuality right that it's always like it's always about this it's always about like you know um, how to be an exceptional lover you know yeah, yeah. how to make her come how to satisfy her right it's like these yeah, ways okay. and, it, and it comes from this angle of and it makes sense right because marketing wants to hook you in right so yeah. it knows your hooks in the first place so it knows that you have uh insects you're about achievement you're about accomplishment you're about yeah. providing so it knows what your hooks are and knows how to bring you in. Same with yeah. women, right? It knows what their hooks are and it knows how to bring them in. So when you see these things like become an exceptional lover, you know what they're going for there, you know? Yeah. And for me, when it comes to teaching men, uh, my my desire is more about like, what, how do you how do you learn to receive pleasure and to really mm. open yourself and expand in that pleasure? Where how do you learn to um, embody your sensuality because sensuality for in in this world is something that is seen as something that is very much inherently feminine yeah. right and so oftentimes men there could be a rejection of sensuality and their sensual nature because of this right um or because and, and it's coming from these scripts that are like you know oh if you're gonna if you're gonna be sensual then it means you're gay you know and it's like these mm. really um you know uh damaging and very cruel in many ways uh, uh scripts that have been painted for centuries right we won't go yeah. into the history of all of this but when i talk about men and their sensuality like i'm just like do you you do already realize you already are sensual and, and yeah. oftentimes as well like even you'll know it here from bali right a lot of the times men circles i don't know if you've ever seen any of them right no. they kind of talk about like you know step into your feminine nature learn to yeah. step into your feminine nature and embody your feminine nature so that you can embody your sensuality when it comes to sexuality yeah. and for me i'm just like right that's one way to do it but actually you don't have to embody your feminine nature masculine there is there is a sensuality and a quality of sensuality that is inherently masculine it's just something that we don't see or don't have enough let's say like role models of in real life yeah. right because sensuality in, in terms of uh feminine sensuality there is this fluidity around it right there's yeah, this movement there's a dance it's soft yeah. it's and it can, it's soft it, it can also be wild if right you at, if you look at strip clubs yeah. for men and for women are these it, i haven't been to any male strip clubs but i've watched magic mike yeah oh, <laughs> it's I very think. aggressive it's very like powerful it's very fast whereas like when you if you look at a female's like strip club it's very slow it's very like inviting whereas the men's is quite aggressive 
Yeah, it's funny. So I would use different words to that, right? So for me, it doesn't always have to be slow, right? Mm. It's almost like there's a kind of like an, un, in terms of the women's, uh, in the way like femininity or sensuality moves through a feminine, it's much more like undulating. So think about a wave. So it's like okay. someone is like waving their body, right? Yeah. It's almost like belly dancing, right? There's a quick, there can be a quickness to it, yeah. but there's still this like a quick fluidity, right? So like yeah. a quick rapid uh, wave with men and sensuality for men there's more direction and power behind it and it's yeah. and it's not just power because in terms of women's sensuality there can be power there like think about seduction right a woman yeah. seducing you it's like you know it gets you from the inside and it lures you in right it's not hard for a girl to do it either <laughs> i feel like i feel like <laughs> for for a girl to seduce a guy is a lot easier than for a guy we, to seduce oh no, a girl. Oh no, I've been seduced by uh, a lot of men and I would absolutely <laughs> disagree. It's powerful. The energy of seduction is about um, power that is expressed and and it is, it, it, it's moving out but with the intention to pull you back in. So if mm. I was to seduce you, it would be like using this kind of inner like the connection to my sexuality with like a little bit of like a little bit of dark you know sexy yeah. power behind it it's penetrating so i'm like pushing my energy out to you yeah. and then slowly calling you back in okay. and it's a thing it's subtle it's like my head tilts but my eye is still engaged with you yeah. my mouth opens slightly my breath becomes a little bit bigger especially my chest yeah we can't do it now on the podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I need to get a boner. It's like this, yeah. <laughs> but it's like so. It's, it's that was a joke, by the way, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally seducing them, by the way. But it's like there is. It's it's the art, right? Yeah. It's the art of seduction. It's 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 energy with intention, right? Yeah, yeah. So each of these things are empowered. So male uh, sensuality is is so it's similar. It has these qualities. They're different, right? Yeah. But it's still there because you are still a person that expresses your sensuality as you walk through the world. You 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 enter the world using your senses. You're speaking, right? You're um, giving out your voice. You're looking at pointing things. at people. Pointing in at bars. people. Yes. <laughs> are you single? <laughs> that is not sensual. Yeah. Then we, we, we're going to yeah. check that off the list of things not doing. The future <laughs> it's not it's not sensual in in many ways but what it is is that it's direct and it's also honest yeah right so that is it there is a power in that right yeah. um Where, but you're but yeah you're expressing you express yourself through the world you you penetrate the world through yeah. your senses and similarly the world penetrates you through mm. your senses you take in the smell of the of the yeah. sea right you feel the wind blowing in your hair on your skin right so this is all through your senses touch sound uh, uh taste smell sight all these things right yeah and so this is this is what i mean by you being a sensual being and yeah. this is sexual it doesn't necessarily look like sex right yeah, yeah, yeah but the world is penetrating you and you are penetrating it yeah is there books for this like energy kind of so I'm sure there are books. Are there any that you've you've read up about, like masculine, and feminine energies, and uh, and sort of like do you know seduction? What? Yeah. So it's so interesting. So what I and what I love now that I can say this right is that I would always say like take all of these books like with a pinch of salt, yes, like a yeah. big pinch, like a dollop yeah. of salt, a yeah. of salt, right? Um, because oftentimes people will write about this is masculine, this is feminine, and and this is where I say like for example with tantra, okay. I always talk like people say like can you recommend books and I'm like I could recommend some books however 
you don't read about energy right yeah. you don't read about the chakras you experience the chakras like you don't read about masculine feminine energy you you experience you masculine it, feminine yeah. energy so i always say like you know books are good like as a starting point to kind of give you like this is this and this is this mm. but then to actually have a practice where you can experience that in your body and in your life this is the this is the most important thing because this is where what you're saying becomes lived and actually has more weight behind it so in terms of like let's say in terms of sexuality in terms of describing masculine and feminine i would i would definitely recommend looking up any of david data's books um he has a ton of them and i i couldn't even list all of them off but there's one like the way of the superior man and yeah i would read i've I've got that at home i haven't started reading it just yet there's a little um, gecko here now is there (laughs) i don't know i think so that's right <laughs> intruder yeah intruder yeah I'm, i've got it and i i the first page i opened up because i often if if i'm i've got about 50 60 books at home that i haven't read so i'll open it up i'll look at it and I, and the first page i read was like so you're dropping home your daughter's babysitter and like it's like this young woman and i was like hold on this book's for pedos <laughs> and i was like surely like that's yeah. a, that's the kind of like toxic masculinity mm. thing that you don't want to be promoting. Mm. I've I've heard from other people that it's a great book, and I and I obviously you never judge a book by one page. I know it's not a saying, but I'm making it one. Yeah. Um. But it was it was just a really weird thing for me to open up the book and it to be like oh so you're dropping home the babysitter. I'm like yeah well this is the start of a bad porno. Yeah. Like yeah, and this is what I mean. Like it's like when people say to me, "Can you recommend books?" and I'm kind of like. I would recommend very specifically this paragraph on this page yes. and then this paragraph on this page. So like when you, it's hard to recommend books, right? Mm. Because they automatically think, oh, this person is endorsing everything that this person says, Can right? you write one? Hmm? You can write one. You know what? It's so funny. Like, I think I have like a couple of books in me at the moment, but yeah. I am um like what I'm doing over here at the moment in Bali, like I'm taking a little bit of space and doing a lot of like creating content in the background yeah i love to write and uh i i definitely i definitely could probably just like coagulate all of my information Mm. and have a book there um but at the moment the first book that i'm being called to like write at the moment and i've already started it um is uh is in production and but it's something that's very much like it's it's about pleasure and it's about sexuality but it's also very much like based on science as well as like it's mm. like a merging right of science and spirituality and uh in order for that to kind of like come into fruition it'll be a while in the process right because yeah. you know the way people at the moment are like everything is insta culture right write a book boom it's made in two weeks it's like yeah. for me like i definitely don't feel that's It'll my take approach years with it yeah like not even not even years but like for me it's like that's not even my approach to like how i do things on instagram like i research i like i've i've already come from a background where i've learned how to research and i've studied all of this stuff but then i continue to go back and research and you know information that i've learned like three or four years ago if like now that has slightly changed right so it's constantly science is an annoying game isn't it because they'd like they're just like right well this new theory's out. 
hundred people want to try and prove it wrong now. Mm. It's, it's mental. Yeah, but it's beautiful. Like that's also part of it, right? Because it's just as we change and develop as human beings, mm. like this science has to change, right, as well. So, and you see that, like I, what I love about, you know, looking back is almost like looking back at the history, right, yeah. of science or hit the history of like, let's say like even the history of the clitoris or something like this, you know, yeah. um, where you look has at like- Has it always been there? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but actually, like uh, at a certain point, you know, in the in the book of like Grey's Anatomy, yeah, book that the huge like medical textbook. Oh, not the TV program. No, not the okay. TV program. Right. No, that that the name of that TV program came off from a book. I'd imagine. I'd imagine so. I just yeah. know that my like mum and my Bible. sister are obsessed with yeah. it. I used to be obsessed with it. Yeah, <laughs> but like this is like the Bible, right? Let's yeah. say the medical Bible, especially in America, and. Um, there was a I can't remember the exact dates now but there was a certain part where the full clitoral bulb was uh, described and portrayed in this depicted in this textbook that was found in like the um, like let's say like 1891 right it was discovered and it was uh, entered in, in about in like the 1940s I believe it was taken out and when it was put back in, it was only put back in as the actual like bulb that you can see the button on the outside, so the external part of the clitoris. Yeah. And um and so the, like it's funny, right? Because it's like that's you know science, and that's the history of science and how it's like how it writes you know sexual stories through that yeah. as well, right? So uh, yeah, it's just super. It's super interesting. To so next time someone tries to say that women haven't been oppressed, you tell them that the clitoris wasn't found till nineteen forty. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was found, and then it was like it, removed they, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. put back in. You know, like in and only a section of it put back in, yeah. right? Oh my god, that's mad. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's it's interesting, you know. Like it's just it's history, you know. Um, and it's informed like you have to take all of this stuff like I mean for me it's like you have to take contact like you have to take science you have to take language in mm. in terms of con the context of the time right yeah. um so uh, and and like this is like even the power of words right and what they have like language and what this has um and how this affects our how this affects has an effect on us um is is powerful like yeah. in terms of the history of the word cunt okay like now we use the word cunt as this kind of like derogatory like repressive term it's a yeah. slang term right that says like oh you're such a cunt you yeah. know and it's quite aggressive like when people I, hate to hear it as well yeah that's like um my mum will follow like james smith he says cunt on his videos and she's like oh i wish you wouldn't say that yeah so why is that offensive well, it's funny because it is offensive for for some people to hear. It can feel like a like a stab, you know. Mm. Like yeah, think of the energy behind. Sharp. Yeah, think of the energy behind it. But the and also because of the way that the people have used this language. So mm. it was used. It's used as a term to put somebody down, right? Yeah. Um, like women or men to put women down. Women to put women down. Men to put yeah. men down, right? Unless you're Aussie. So, yeah. ah, you're a good cunt, mate. Well, this is, <laughs> but then, right? So it was first of all used as a, as a term to put people down. Then it became so normalized to use this that then it was kind of like, oh, you're a good cunt, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, you're a, you're a cunt, aren't you? Like, yeah. So it became, so there was this kind of like, almost like a neutrality to it. And then it became like a term that like, it just depends on the energy behind it, but it can still feel hard for people. So the etymology of the word cunt actually comes from the, um, word like so q u or else k u or c u right yeah. and you think about this word those things word like q u 
queen right yeah k u uh, these are like if you think of like um a german more german words it's like kundling kinder like all of these things yeah. so it's like this cunt was actually this term of power right yeah. uh, a term of like a term that in, that incited um in term that incited respect it's like big cunt energy you know yeah. like the power to create life you know the yeah. power the power to um the power to ki- like kindle and country like these are these are like words around children right yeah. raising children the power to raise a tiny person to a bigger person right yeah. that takes a huge amount of energy right this is what i say big cunt energy and i even think of that word like q u queen right yeah who is that someone that is sovereign in their body right yeah that has body autonomy that um that is uh that is powerful in the space that they take up and 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 there's a gracefulness to it as well yeah. right power with grace so this word like originally was something that was uh, a word that inside a huge amount of power and then it was like taken right and used to suppress right yeah. and to in many ways control right yeah. so that's why you can see like there's uh, like people can that's be like mad. this is crazy i'm buzzing that we've just got to the origins of the word cunt on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that's on any other podcast i think this is a an exclusive um very impressed but like um we've we've got what 20 25 minutes left okay what what are the other books on on your list i know you've got oh yeah a few on there oh my god i've got so many where will i go um okay so in terms of uh, a lot of people ask me for like you know in terms of sexuality and tantra um anything by diana richardson okay she's got like tantric orgasm for women tantric orgasm for men um and what i will say is that like i have so as someone who practices tantra yoga and also teaches uh sex education what i would say about these books right um in terms of this like tantric orgasm for women and Mm. men and whatnot is that for me these are and any kind of book that talks about tantric sexuality it's actually not tantra right in terms of the word like in terms of like what that actually means as soon as you say tantra i think of um russell brand (laughs) and i I don't know why (laughs) i'm not sexually attracted to russell brand but like that's the association is i'm I'm assuming Mm. that or like sting right he's known as a tantra man you're way older than me all right what (laughs) you're way older than me then (laughs) How old are you? Thirty-three. Oh, you're not even that much older. I'm twenty-six, but Sting. That's that's you. You got odd music taste. You're old music. No, but this he's known. <laughs> he's known in the kind of like you know in the world yeah. as someone who practices tantric sex. Like he yeah. is. He's known for that. But what I would always say about these things is that like for me, this is not tantric sex. This is like conscious sexuality so bringing awareness to your sexuality much more than it is about like tantra and tantric sex Uh, so that's what i would always say about these kind of books like they're really incredible for giving you information in terms of like the energetics and the Mm. spiritual but again i would always say you like you need to take it a pinch of salt and then you need to put it into practice and see like what works for you and what doesn't right so experience what is tantric sex if if you were to give it a brief overview like how how do people do it what is it (laughs) well that's the thing right so it like that's where i would split up tantra and conscious sexuality as two different things right um so 
well, when we talked earlier at the, at the beginning of this, right, and mm. we spoke about, you know, sex being a meditation, yeah. presence, awareness, cultivating and refining um, your sensitivity to energy, um, learning how to expand that sensitivity, so to grow it, right? Yeah. Um, and then how to share that. That is conscious sexuality. Okay. Okay. A lot of people use um yogic methods in order to do that right so then we see like a merging of this idea of like tantra and sex so what tantra yoga actually is and what tantra is is an umbrella term for it is essentially um uh yeah an umbrella term for a whole host of different modalities and systems that work together um as a science so it's a science-based structure and I'll explain this in a moment in terms of people like yogis and science, what? And I'll explain that in one moment. Mm. So this is about things like, so looking at like, let's say Hatha yoga, Hatha yoga uh, and asana, right? Poses in yoga are all about purifying the body of all of the obstructions that keep energy from moving through you freely, right? Mm. Then you have things like pranayama. Pranayama helps to cultivate more energy in your body. So now the energy is moving, pranayama helps you to contain it and then to grow and it. And that's just like a breath thing, isn't it? Pranayama. Yeah. It's like a, in you kind of work out how long your breaths are yeah like it's comfortable and, you, and it's like kind of box breathing yeah almost yeah that's one pranayama yeah, yeah. and then there, and there's so many other different things and then you work with kumbhaka which is also part of your breath which means containing so this is how you work with bandas or seals in your body and we have them like we have them at the base of our body around you know our sphincter muscle basically and pelvic yeah. floor we have it uh, around our sex so you would have it like that's the muscle that stops you from peeing that's a banda right in yeah. yoga you have it in your abdomen you you have it uh, in your um, around your diaphragm. That's another one. You have it up here around your chest, around your heart. Yeah. These are bands, right, of tension in the body, and you can cr you can you can seal them to contain energy. And so then you have other things like uh, kriyas. Kriya yoga is about again another system of purification. Mantra is uh, another way to move energy in your body. And then you have other systems like Ayurveda, which is the science of life. Okay, so you look at food as medicine and um and your and all this kind of stuff then you have mm. joy tish which is astrology the study of light then you have vastu which is very similar to feng shui this is the study of energy in your environment right so where your desk is set up or where yeah. your mirror is located all of these have an effect in your body right um in terms of like if you want to call in more sensuality they say have um a, a bowl of pomegranates on your table right so this okay. calls in more energy right or more different types of energy and and there's so much more right and tantra yoga is an umbrella that incorporates all of this it essentially says that the outside world is the inside world yeah and essentially uh for example um and it's it's they are maps right blueprints that help us get back to discovering uh our own unique divinity right so we talk about kundalini in tantra mm. yoga kundalini like what divinity is to the cosmos, Kundalini is to the individual. It is your connection to that. Mm. And to recognize yourself as a divine, beautiful, godlike creature, right? When you yeah. can recognize this in yourself, you can recognize it in another. One part of Tantra is also sexual because Tantra is also the path to in 
the path to enlightenment or the path to God or the path to the supreme consciousness, whatever it is you want to call it, path yeah. to aliens. I don't care what you want to call yeah, it, right? Yeah. It is the path of that through pleasure. So it doesn't say it, it's the path that says like, you know, you don't have to deny yourself. You don't have to go to a monastery and pray for the rest of your life and, and become, um, and become be celibate. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to be a virgin. You can actually enjoy the pleasures of the world. But when you do it with the consciousness, when you do it with, um, uh, with an awareness to a higher purpose then you can also um, let's say elevate right yeah. and evolve um, uh, through the path of pleasure and so one tiny part amongst all of the other parts of Tantra is sexual Tantra and one of those um, parts is called Maituna and Maituna means to make one right okay. so it's uh and so and um, but this is like looking at when we talk about outside world and inside world this is about looking at sex as being a much bigger thing than just between two people right yeah. that eventually and i speak about this in orgasm online it's the developmental stages of our sexuality right we evolve from you know erotic innocence towards erotic wisdom okay and we have a path that travels in between those and erotic wisdom is where you get to the point where you suddenly become omni-orgasmic and you can do that mm. with awareness and consciousness um in nature so i can sit down at the beach and watch the sunset and i can feel like I can see the colors of the sunset and see the beauty of them and allow that allow those colors to get bigger and to get you know even more vibrant I yeah. can feel the heat of the sun on my skin and I can allow I can become open like my pores I can let my pores open and allow yeah. that heat to penetrate me and in that penetration like it's sex right yeah. in that penetration I can receive the pleasure of that and in that pleasure when I allow myself to expand I can start to become orgasmic just with myself and nature right sounds all right <laughs> it's, it's, it's sign insane. me up <laughs> yeah so it's like it's it's so it's this you know but like you know what what tantris what tantric sex actually is nobody is practicing it like this is something that you have to go into from a very young age you are you have to have someone that oversees it like a guru um and uh and you are generally not touching any sexual tantric practices or rituals um, or ceremonies until you are like until your yoga practice is like you're on another level right yeah. and I've no one is doing that in the real world too you know? super awakened and stuff like that yeah because it's also it's also a dangerous path right our sexuality is also the part of us right it's the part where we're social like it's the part of us that's social that's about connection that's about romantic love and living in the pleasure of love like enjoying the pleasure and the sweetness of life you know like um uh, like uh, tasting food is a part of this right mm. really enjoying the pleasure of this but it is also the part of us that is like full of jealousy and greed yes, yeah, and yeah. like desire and but like you know and, I, and, a, and a fantasy and illusion is a huge part of that as well people, people get carried away with it like <laughs> yeah. there, was, there was a couple of things I wanted to touch on and one was about like masturbation mm. and like for, let's say have you heard about the no fat movement for men Oh yeah. Like, like it's like semen retention. Yes. Yeah. What's what's your opinion on? And then, within the next ten minutes, I want to touch very quickly on astrology and get a couple of recommendations from <laughs> you on that. Okay. I yeah. know, and I know that's going to be a short amount of time. I but know, like, I know. just a just no, a one starter book for yes. people if, if they're if they're keen. Yeah. 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 Jenny Keen. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so um, I haven't heard of the no fat movement, but I know about non ejaculation yeah. purely from um practices and stuff that I would recommend. Yeah. What? But what I find interesting, and I would wonder if this is your uh, if this is your experience, that I generally find when people talk about non ejaculation, right? that there is almost this thing where they say like you know they've moved from they've gone from the extremes where it's like you've been ejaculating for all of your life and it's way too much and now you have to stop is this mm. what is it like is this what i the think no it, there's, there's a, like an abstinence for like a, a, a set period mm. of like okay and so but then my question is right is that's good right and that's for it's an individual prescription basis right mm. And, and I would really say like, this is where like you, you know, if you are reading something in a magazine and they say like, are you having a terrible time in your relationship? Well, here's some tips for you. Like, mm. um, you know, schedule a date night. It's like, that's great generally, yeah. but like it actually doesn't work on an individual level because no. we're all different, right? You might fucking hate that person. That's why you're having problems. <laughs> so you don't need to go on a date with them because you yeah. already hate them. Or, so, or somebody might be experiencing some level of trauma in their, mm. in their life. Like maybe they're, you know, being bullied in work, you know? Yeah. And like men can experience this and not tell their partners about it oh, maybe yeah. they're stressed because they're you know uh, they're ex they're experiencing a huge amount of stress in terms of financial difficulty and trying to support their their life their family's life and suddenly there's no, no room for sexuality or desire in that mm. right so it's always has to be on an individual basis same thing with the no fat movement i would say like if you can do it and you can do it peacefully and you know with a sense of discovery and curiosity and playfulness mm. and if you go to the phase like where you you ejaculate right and you don't feel guilt about it because oftentimes what happens is mm. men experience a guilt right they're doing the no fat movement what, yeah. you, what you call it no fat or they're doing you know it like um semen retention and then then they ejaculate and then there's this thing of oh no i ejaculated but i think men like do just in general feel a bit gross after i think chemically we're kind of like to like i don't i'm trying to think of a way to like all right, I'm trying to think of a rhyming it. Splash and dash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of how we're like wired. Yes. Yeah, so this is a nice way to rewire this, right? Mm. So sometimes, like, in order to re rewire or create a different habit of thinking, mm. there is a period of um of of abstaining, right? Yeah. And that is needed for some people sometimes actually you don't need to do that in order to rewire a habit right so yeah. that's where it's on an individual basis right but this idea of like as you're saying like splash and dash right <laughs> um yeah there is a kind of a thing around this where it's like you know men uh are are you know they're adjusting with themselves you know or as a selfish thing or whatever this is whatever the idea is in their head and you know they're they're uh they splash and dash and then there's a feeling of like depletion right yeah. so it's about learning how to engage in your sexuality in a way that's different so that when you ejaculate it's a conscious choice right yeah, rather yeah. than an accidental thing you know or habitually because i think a lot of people just habitually 10 o'clock comes around or whenever they go to the bed and it's like right so i'll just do it yeah and this like, is like stress sex as a form of stress relief yeah and women have this as well with masturbation yeah so instead of actually seeking 
um, and discovering and becoming curious about pleasure, right? And what, what is there for them, we follow the path that's well traveled, right? Yeah. And we all do this. Like, it's not a bad thing to do this. And sometimes stress, like sex as a form of stress relief is actually yeah. okay. Like there's no yeah. shame in that. Sometimes you just want a quickie. Like oftentimes yeah. you can have this kind of world where someone's like opening up sexually and they're like, no, like sex has to last for two hours. It's like, sometimes you're tired and you just want to have it like you just want to have a quick fuck right yeah, yeah. Um, and that's okay you know yeah. so uh, I mean two hours seems a bit excessive Ah, uh, it depends though like yeah. I mean yeah like it depends that's about for me that's more about stamina like you build up to that yeah right? it's also about your relationship with your that's partner that's about exploration as well I imagine it's like that's a yeah it's not just two hours of <laughs> oh, absolutely yeah like i mean gross and, sorry everyone <laughs> and that's also as well like i mean even with that like that's when you're doing this right that's often unsustainable for two hours oh, because 100%. you need a huge amount of uh stamina right and endurance for that yeah um and and that's for both people as well that's generally um friction sex right like where you're yes. there's some kind of friction so when you're starting to uh lengthen the time that you are intimate first of all mm. you're changing your idea of what sex is so sex no longer is just about penetration it's about you know the kind of whole act right yeah, yeah beforehand it's about the tease it's about the you know the textures that you're using blindfolds like are you awakening yeah. the senses like so there's this whole play and penetration can be something that happens in and around and during that right yeah. but there's no it's not like something that's constant and then you yeah. can move into states as you start to you know explore this that like m maybe penetration does go in for that length of time it's like it's like just open your imagination yeah. like remove the boundaries that you have around and then just begin to explore right yeah, yeah. um and there's and very interesting because you want to move on to astrology next right there's also a thing like when it comes to astrology and and what we talked about uh, tantra right and what it encompasses yeah. and joytish and astrology being a part of this right um that there is this kind of um uh, almost like the way energies move and dance right there yeah. is this kind of uh i would say like relationship that you can look at astrology to determine your compatibility with your partner in terms of your sexual compatibility compatibility and yeah. intimacy like for example like <laughs> like this is something that i would have always looked at like whenever yeah. i was dating somebody if i if i met them for the first time i'm always like are you into astrology and they're like no but because it's like the first time they're ever meeting me like you know guys are like or girls whoever i'm meeting yeah. like they're into what i mean or want to seem to be into yeah, what i'm into they so they go ahead into your pants like, yeah, yeah exactly right so you know you can you know as someone who who wants to know this stuff like i can use that to my advantage right so yeah. i generally get their birth date on the first date and then i instantly look at their birth chart and because i know how to read it i can see like it's almost like you don't see it's not it's not future telling stuff right it's just things of like this is where you are this is these are the things that are good like this is where mm. you have good compatibility these are the things that you would more than likely have to work on and generally like what my experience of it has always been is that there is always um you know like a 70 to 90 percent truth in what i've read you know yeah. uh so and it's just a way of like what i talk about in terms of astrology it's just one system that you can use as a structure to kind of um uh put put um words and concepts and boundaries around what it is 
that you want right so yeah. you know it's a way that you can look at these are my virtues and these are my faults yeah this is like how can i capitalize on my virtues and how can i if you want to rectify your faults right okay so it's like it teaches you it's one system that you can use to rewrite your story right yeah. um, and there's so many of those systems in the world you don't have to believe in astrology for that but that's one way like, yeah. like if you adhere to it that you can you know so i am a scorpio right oh yeah and anytime I tell a girl that, <laughs> that likes astrology, I'm like, oh, Scorpio, they're, they're a bit, um, yeah, no. Why? Why okay, me? So why because why I'm born on the 4th Scorpios of November? Are like, Scorpios are like the dark horse of the, yeah. of the astrological uh, like zodiac wheel. Um, so each, uh, so there's 12 signs, right, yeah. in astrology, and each of them have their own particular characteristics. On, on this note, by the way, I'm yeah. going to get a towel sent to you. My friend, I'm going to plug her. So she's <laughs> in the shop, Public Figure, and she has Zodiac um, sign towels, and they've got, like, brilliant artwork of, like, naked women on. Oh, my so God. So I'm going to get her to send you one. Oh, um, but if anyone wants one, please go and check them out. It's publicfigure.shop.au. Um, oh, my God. Go. Wait, what's the last... Dot what? Dot shop dot au. She's in Australia. AU. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, when you were like, I'm going to send you a towel, my instant thought was squirting. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, Ed, that is very forward. <laughs> I would, I can't even say the word. I'll be going bright red, squirting. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, but so when it comes to the Scorpio, right? So the Scorpio is, like I said, the dark horse of the zodiac wheel. They're into like, think about this like the Scorpio is into um anything to do with like sex magic or death rituals so think about the time of year that Scorpios are like born yeah, in right Halloween. that's like mid-October to mid-November right what what is around that time of year Halloween. Halloween right so they're into this stuff right they talk about I love Scorpios by the way Scorpio, yes. yeah. Scorpios are the people who, in in your friend group, right? They're sitting and listening to everything, observing everything, but they're the person that's that interrupts any kind of conversation, right? Even if it's about like I don't know pastries, but they're just like, okay, yeah, like, but like, what's the meaning of life, right? They're the ones that are asking the deeper questions, yeah. right? So the Scorpio, whereas most symbol, like most um most uh zodiac signs only have like one symbol attached to it right the mm. scorpio has four okay Ooh, so you've sick. got the scorpio the snake the eagle and i'll tell you the last one in a second and so the scorpio is about the underworld right so it's not afraid to get into it lives in the swampy waters and scorpio is a, an, a water sign right so it lives in the swampy waters it's not afraid to dive deep into the parts of your psyche into the parts of the world that people don't want to discover right they're like oh, they're they live there and not just that like they thrive there in the darkness they're just like i'm okay with this like i want this right mm. so they're Gen that's why they're asking the deeper questions right but what about this and everyone's just looking at you going like oh come on ed not again this does you know? sound quite like me so basically i'm a legend <laughs> yeah and then and so it's think about this right so you're going into the subconscious terrain right the next symbol is the symbol of the snake okay symbol of the snake the snake is a symbol of kind of like first of all your sexuality so kundalini energy is also part of that mm. so this kind of like beautiful um spiral like serpentine movement that end that spirals through our body right and it's the energy that moves us up yeah. the symbol of the snake is also the symbol of correct knowledge right so it, it, it has the poison it can poison the parts of you like 
think about misinformation right it almost mm. like the snake is a symbol of correct knowledge that you know filters out the yeah. correct information from the incorrect information and you need that when you're in the subconscious because the subconscious is also the part where you know there's mystery there's truth but there's also a whole lot of shit yeah. there that's not real right so you have to learn how to filter that out and the next symbol is as you evolve right the you evolve from the scorpio to the snake the next symbol of evolution is the eagle think about what the eagle does the eagle moves up it spreads its wings mm. it flies high it has eagle eyes precision right so it gets an eagle eye view of the scene right yeah scorpio goes into the subterrane um uh snake sorts out all the information the eagle takes an uh, an eagle eye view looks at the whole picture the bigger picture but it has precision to figure out mm. what is needed and what isn't needed the symbol of the score of the eagle is also a symbol where and um, they say that if you want to get rid of uh, any addictions right the sim like the eagle is that power of strength that can like yeah. pull it out so it has this like in in terms of uh vedic literature eagle is also known as garuda and people would have prayed to garuda warriors would have prayed to garuda for strength yeah. uh, you'll actually see symbols of garuda all over bali because this is one of the symbols uh, that exists yes, here yeah. it's the eagle that goes out really wide so anyway it's the symbol of strength of power um it's like that fighting spirit but it's also the symbol of of nurturance it's also the symbol of of uh, support as well like think about it, we need both and the final and very last thing right is um is is the symbol of the phoenix so once you've traversed all of that ter terrain the symbol mm. of the phoenix is like is born again right it's yeah. burnt up in the flames to ashes so that it can rise again right so the eagle dies right the eagle the eagle is yeah, yeah like consumed by the fire of what it's discovered and um, and it rises as the phoenix born again so it's this constant evolutionary force and so if you look at in terms of the zodiac wheel there's a story that happens through the whole zodiac and yeah. this is where it's very easy to learn um astrology when you can learn the story of astrology and so yeah. it's this terrain that moves and so the movement from Scorpio into the next uh, zodiac symbol is Sagittarius. And the movement from Scorpio to Sagittarius is the death and the resurrection. And so it's the death very specifically of the ego into the resurrection. And Sagittarius is like world traveler, mm. philosopher. Um, it's uh, uh, um, there's an adventurous spirit there. And it's moving from caring about the self to uh, caring about um, interconnectedness, right? So, uh, yeah, like interconnectedness. I'm, I'm going crazy. I've gone this much. is unreal. <laughs> I can't believe that you know all this. And it's yeah. just that you're not even reading it from anywhere. It's fucking brilliant. And plus, I'm so, because it's like about my like sign, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I like half believe it, half don't. Like you're talking about snakes. I've literally just got like a snake tattooed on my arm and like, Oh, it's Are you going to get an eagle next? Well, I'm thinking about Scorpio it. Scorpio and eagle. Get like a massive eagle across my chest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I probably won't do that. But like, who knows? Like, it, it entered my mind. Mm. Where'd you learn it? Where, like, it's I know so, it's probably there's there's lots of like you you've probably done your research going from the well, internet to books. But, to, like, yeah, it's but you know what's so funny is that actually like where I actually like I find this probably the hardest question because mm. I haven't read one astrology book in my no. life. 
but what I did is that like I was obsessed with astrology as a child like, like hello magazine and stuff yeah, yeah and so I was reading like all the all the all of the little things at the back of the book yeah, right yeah. And and I and you're picking up small bits of information like as you do that mm. over time. I don't know if you ever heard this right, but I was told like, oh, you can't read. You can only read your your zodiac uh, thing in the back of a magazine. If you read anyone else's, it's bad luck. And oh. I always used to be like, because I'm always like a little bit of a rebel spirit at heart, yeah, and I'm just yeah. like, oh, bad luck. Well, I'm gonna tempt it now, right? Yeah, yeah. And. Um, uh, basically um, would read all of them and so what I did what I started to what you start to pick up and observe is is all of the because all of it's moving through you know it's 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 a weather system right mm. the sun is moving through the zodiac uh, symbol at a certain rate the moon is moving at a different one uh, Mars is moving at a different one and very slowly I started to pick up all of this information over time um, just by reading like by reading the reading people's horoscopes and yeah. then I also as well like started to pretend um, at a certain point in my life that I could read people's astrological charts and um, and I couldn't at all like I was not able to read charts yeah. and just started to do like as a kid you know and yeah, like yeah. almost like mystic meg you know with my crystal ball and um, but this is something that really stayed with me but essentially um what i started to do uh so i already had this information i was already really interested in it and i knew like the basics like i knew like the qualities of each uh mm. of each zodiac sign and what i started to do was i started to um write in a diary and i hate writing diaries just so mm. you know like so i'm not the type of person that likes to sit down and like write my feelings in okay. a notebook because i actually am super terrified that someone's gonna take like Anne frank i think that experience like i remember when i was a kid reading Anne frank and being like like really just traumatized for her because i was yeah. like we were having to read this book in our junior sort of whatever and i was like i can't believe that her father published her private you know feelings and emotions you know yeah, during this time like mental, and i was like really traumatized by this so i never wanted to keep a diary but i wanted to start to write like i love writing and what i started to do was um around the full moon and the new moon i would go into like a little like meditation or whatever just like in my mid-20s and because i was really feeling these energies and i was also starting to track my cycle as well and trying to link mm. my cycle into the moon so that i could regulate my cycle and my bleed because i was bleeding between 39 and 75 days uh, uh like at a time or like that was my cycle it wasn't like a regular month on month cycle mm. and i read oh your cycle like follows the cycle of the moon and i was like oh i wonder can i start linking in with the energy of the moon and start to mm. like is that a holistic way and a natural way to like start to work with my cycle and so um, I started to do this and so on the new moon and the full moon I would go into a little meditation and I would just start to like free stream like write and when mm. I was writing I started to realize that I, there was like certain themes coming up in my life like how I was feeling and then I started to relate this to astrology so when the mm. moon was like in an earth sign I would sometimes feel like these kind of qualities attributed to earth there would be yeah. sometimes like that feeling of a little bit of you know heaviness or depression or else a feeling of impatience and I was like this is super interesting and then I started to take that a little bit further and I started to like actually write so instead of writing you know like, like, like dear kitty like I would write <laughs> like dear Taurus you know yeah. and I would write to the moon right yeah. and this is going to sound insane ed when i tell you this okay <laughs> okay uh but there 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 was a certain point in this where i started to say like dear taurus and instead of this it was almost like dear jenny and it was like the taurus mm. moon was writing to me and mm. this is going to sound insane to you right I, i'm not judging you though uh, no, no. we've covered okay. that <laughs> 
good I'm judging myself there but like even at the time like I was like this is so insane but what was so beautiful was that it was super poetic mm. and this is what became moon news what's on my Instagram now okay yeah. and and I started teaching yin yoga um like in 2016 and I was teaching yin yoga in conjunction with astrology because yin yoga is very much around like the lunar yeah I've been doing it recently yeah. I really like it it's so beautiful mm. so it's around like the lunar quality so I was like oh just like this makes sense to like you know um theme these yeah. classes to astrology so I started to do that and I would start to speak out like in class about these things and about astrology and I was well aware that at this moment in time in Dublin people were going to be like oh it's going over their head and they're like, going yeah. to be like she's absolutely loopy but people really started to love it and they were like oh my god can you like email me what you said in class because like it was yeah. it's totally true like I really feel all of this and it really helped me and I and so I was kind of I was getting this request so much that I was kind of like oh my god I don't want to be emailing people individually what I'm writing like no, what I'm speaking yeah. out in classes so I basically then started to put it up on Instagram as moon news and this is what my Instagram was in the beginning it was just like well look you guys want it it's here on Instagram yeah. um, and then like it kind of became this thing that had this life of its own you know yeah. and uh, within that then like I always just got curious like if I had questions like of course you did that's what you do. <laughs> yeah exactly I would just kind of follow those and I always say like when it comes to learning a astrology and um, there's actually one book that I wrote down which is really quite nice I've never I haven't read uh this book but I do like this woman and I love and um, the way she speaks about astrology her name is Chani Nicholas and it's called you were born for this and so it's a nice introduction to astrology also uh, what Siobhan put up on um, astrology, her, 101. astrology 101 yeah, yeah. and what I would say is as well as like it's the same thing like you know you take a book you read the qualities some things you say yes for some things you say no for but recognize that everyone that's ever written anything yeah. about astrology is also coming from their own point of view their own experience yeah. their own beliefs and so what I would say is like take that information with a pinch of salt and then put it onto experience and so what Mark I started your to do truth. yes yeah. like what I started to do with astrology in terms of like learning it like where it became really alive for me mm. and this is like what was happening since i was like uh, a teenager is that like i would ask people what their signs were right yeah, yeah. and uh, and like what their sun sign was and then um i would basically see these qualities of taurus come to life in that person yeah. like if you say to me um if i say to you if, or if i say like an aries i'm instantly thinking of someone that i know in my life that is an aries and that exudes this aries yeah. energy right same thing with taurus same things with gemini you know and and you see that these people right are like full mm. living people with their emotions but that you can almost paint you know a picture of gemini yeah. on top of someone you kind of you, you always I, I think you always kind of find what you're looking for yeah like you you if you look for a quality in someone like you'll find it especially like with this avoidant attachment type we yeah. were talking about earlier like if you're looking for certain things that are gonna annoy you you'll find things that annoy you and i suppose mm -hmm. that's what like people with a positive mindset they're always looking for positives they're always going to find positives yeah if you're always let's flip it to the thing that people usually do is the negative mindset if you're always looking for negatives like you're gonna find it if uh -huh. you're always looking for a reason not to do something you'll find it absolutely and like your universe like manifests in front of you mm -hmm. for what you look for yeah and like a, that's something that i'd be reluctant to say if it was saying the word manifest but like it does yeah it like we're at the seat of our own consciousness and the world's not here unless you open your eyes yes you shut your eyes it's, it's not happening in front of you i can't see you anymore mm -hmm. i don't know what you look like 
it's world's mad yeah what good chat yeah i know and but even just say one more thing about astrology yeah, because like when you're born right the day that you're born the mm. moment that you're born the time that you're born it's almost like you, you take a like a, a picture of mm. the astrological kind of like weather right yeah. so we're all so it's not just about your sun sign right like in terms of your scorpio in terms mm. of your sun but your rising has a different energy to it your mm. moon has a different energy so i would say like these three are the biggest ones like you know in terms of this like your rising sign is more about your appearance so like mm. how you look right yeah. and that has a certain quality to it your sun sign is how you express yourself and how you how your personality expresses itself in the world outwardly your mm. moon sign is how you um express and kind of like digest the world inwardly right yeah. then you have venus which is about love and relationships then you have mars which is about kind of like mars it's very interesting mars is about kind of taking action so it's like how like how you kind of like you know like oh go for it yeah. but it's also how you fuck right okay yeah so this is what you kind of look for as well when you're looking on a chart of somebody yeah. like so if they've got a mars and scorpio you're in for a sexy mysterious uh, deep experience <laughs> okay yeah well, how do i does it, how, how many minutes do you have to be accurate by yeah like you? as uh, as close to the minute as possible is yeah. best right because it depends like it, it depends but the the minutes are are really only if you unless you want to get super deep right the minutes and the time is really only about your rising sign okay. so even if you are like some people are adopted right and yeah. they don't have their time of birth yeah. but they might have their date of birth so then you can actually uh, still do your entire astrological uh, chart but you just don't know the rising sign but everything else is exactly accurate yeah. you know but you can kind of work it out by yeah your behavior and stuff yeah like that. because if you think about it right so each of the planets are moving around uh, moving around, uh, moving around the center, um, uh, in like moving around the center. The Earth is the center, right? Yeah. So the Earth is you. You are the center, and all of the planets move around the Earth in a given time frame. So it mm. takes a year for the Sun to go around, which is why we have a bir one, a birthday once a year, right? And yeah. um, the Moon uh, moves into a different sign. Uh, sorry. I've totally said that wrong. A year for a birthday. No, the sun sign moves, in, or the sun moves, um, in every single, uh, in every single zodiac, uh, chart like once a month, yeah. which is why it's a year, right? We've okay. got twelve months of the yeah. year, twelve zodiac signs, and it's one year. The moon is changes zodiac signs every two and a half days, so it takes one cycle for the moon is twenty eight and a half days or twenty nine okay. and a half days. So and then it keeps going and going like Mars is five months for one cycle, so it goes like this. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah. So, so the only thing is the rising. Loads different. Mm. That's insane. I know. <laughs> can you uh, off off of this? Can can we do my astrology, astrology stuff? Yeah, yeah cool. sure. Legend. <laughs> right. Well, that was insane. We're gonna be kicked out of the studio in a minute. Oh, okay. But Did we get enough books in? Like, I wonder. Who cares? Okay. It was a great chat. <laughs> okay. Like I said, we don't do structure here. So, what? <laughs> what? Where can people find you, Jenny? Do you know what's also great, Ed? Is that like this is the first podcast this year that I've done in the same room with somebody. Oh, it's nice, isn't it? It's so nice. Yeah, everything has been on Zoom, and like, it's still great to talk to people, but it's so nice, like, to be in the same room with someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like. Oh, just being able to like read someone in real life is so much better. But the ones I've done in real life so far, I've had one mic and we've been sharing the mic and we've been like, 
sat this close to each other like and smell yeah. what they had for breakfast three days ago like it's not great but yeah you know, I, I don't know what you had breakfast because we're what a couple of meters apart like there's no social distancing here but like we're doing it we're anyway doing it, yeah um but yeah so where where can people find you where's uh where's the best place uh, the best place is on instagram uh instagram and my handle is at he- hello jenny keen yeah yeah so you can find me there i'll chuck that in the description yeah <laughs> and but, youtube yeah. as well you, you're starting yeah YouTube like i, at the moment, I do yeah like i have that. yeah like i have other things like but if you're on instagram everything is linked off instagram mm. like i have a website as well but like if you want to be part of like all of the conversations like mm. the up-to-date conversations instagram is where it's where it's at you know yeah so yeah but like like you can practice tantra yoga on youtube i have like i'm doing one right now at the moment the winter flow yeah um uh, but there's loads of practices up there and yeah I <laughs> amazing. Yeah, well, I'll everywhere. put it. I'll put it all in the description. Thank you so much for yeah, you're so it's welcome. our first Thank sunny you. day this week, and and we've been stuck inside in the studio. Yes. So thanks for taking time. Like oh, that, of honestly. course, I love it. Yeah, absolute legend. Now we've got to work out how to um stop it. But whilst <laughs> I whilst I work out how to pause it, just one parting bit of advice for anyone that's gonna look into this world. Mm, I suppose my uh, my parting piece of advice would be like to allow yourself uh, and afford yourself the opportunity to be curious right Mm. it's like a big word that we've had the entire time and to really follow your curiosity to allow i really feel like you know opening yourself to becoming curious actually is the first part the second part is is taking courage right yeah to have courage to um to act on your curiosities and to follow your curiosities and they do lead you on an incredible journey and it's not always easy this journey right it's mm. never easy to reconfront yourself but what it does allow you to do is um if you want to experience deeper levels of intimacy with yourself and with others it is a way to get yourself towards that right yeah so again it's like less like moving from you know what you accomplish to what you appreciate moving from uh you know what you um what you achieve to what you experience right so moving moving your attention to these ways of being right perfect (laughs) what timing excellent we're about to be kicked out (laughs) thanks so much for coming on well thank you very much for sticking with us until the end hopefully within that two hours you got a lot out of that conversation and of course gave a review on apple podcasts um if not go and do it another day legends anyway Go and follow Jenny on Instagram. It is at hello Jenny Keen. Keen spelled K-E-A-N-E. And if you don't follow a need to read on Instagram, it is quite simply a need number two read. Simple as that. Therapy, it's betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read, 10% off your first month. Other than that, I've got nothing for you for the rest of the day. So take it easy. Hope you have a good day doing whatever you're doing. Love you. Goodbye.